it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Nick. And this is... Who Got the Assist? Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so we're, uh, we're back to Earth for Bump this week with a great many needing their sissy assets to bail them out at the end. Uh, whoops. Uh, last time I had that much hope in ginger, I was told it was an aphrodisiac, Nick. And uh, <laughs> it was about as uh, effective as KDB was yesterday, in any case. <laughs> anyway, uh, how are you doing, Nick? I'm not too bad, Tom. I mean, it's been a rough few days for me, I guess. been arguing with electricians over problems <laughs> with my house. It's just just been hell but, but enough about that you're here to hear us talk about fpl <laughs> that's right nick uh, we are who got the assist find us uh, at who got the on twitter at wgta underscore fpl in this pod we'll run through this game week's key talking points uh, affecting both fpl managers and us directly update you guys on the anti-matter dark siders team plus neon watch which we're quite excited about this week always look at the market forces maybe talk about some psychology behind impulse buying and finally take your community questions Sounds good, Tom. So, how was your week? Uh, it, it was okay. I mean, it, it, it wasn't quite the case that um, I was thinking, I just can't look, it's killing me. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it was something that wasn't the best. I mean, 40 points in a kind of a low-scoring game week isn't too bad. What about you? Well, I ended up actually scoring above average. So, the average was 44. I scored 46 oh, points. Oh, below average. So, um, I was above, which um, makes me pleased. And I got a green arrow, which mm. I was slightly surprised about. But... The main man in my team was Marcus Alonso. If it wasn't for him, I'd have been in the doldrums. I'd have been sitting at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. But once again, a defender saved me, like Ben Davis did last week. Yeah, so Alonso, Alonso scored 16 points. That's crazy. On Sunday, you were texting me just like, oh, no, it's not a terrible week. Oh, my God, I'm so depressed right now. Yeah, I was a bit depressed. <laughs> and then it was a kind of strange match because, obviously, I'm a Tottenham fan and Alonso was scoring. <laughs> so are you kind of, like, celebrating or... You're not really celebrating. Also, Ben Davis was hoping for something from him. So you're kind of like, oh, you know, weighing it up. But at the end of the day, very pleased with the Alonso 16 points, even if it was to the detriment of Spurs. Yeah, and he kind of reminded FPL managers that for 7.0, okay, that's a lot of money. But what he can do, two goals for Chelsea. Proper Mm -hmm. catenaccio by by Conte there. We have Willian hitting the post, I think, at some point. And I really hope, I've got Willian. And when that hit the post, I was like, oh, God's sake. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is his time looks nigh for my team. I think I'll keep him one more week. but One more week, maybe, but Hazard's coming back. Pedro's coming back as well, so his uh, game time might be limited. What I like about Alonso, though, he, so he had seven attempts on goal, three inside the box, four on target so far this season. So that's a chance every 25.7 minutes. That's incredible. Which is incredibly impressive for a defender. He's been playing extremely advanced every game week. And do you know who's second for chances created for a defender? No, Take no. a guess. Ben Davis. Yes, it's Ben Davis oh. with a chance every 42.5 minutes. Both of your key men are just absolutely destroying, aren't they, at the back? I mean, you were talking about before the season. I didn't really go for it, but 
defenders of a new kind of mid-range midfielders and they're a lot better than mid-range midfielders almost then those you know it's definitely come true these first two game weeks at least well especially with so many teams playing with wingbacks now wingbacks are essentially midfielders classed as defenders they're getting forward they're making lots of crosses what's not to love I mean Alonso is 7.0 Williams 7.0 but who do you think is going to finish with more points at the end of the season I agree I mean uh, we'll come, come on to this later but I'm thinking about maybe removing Willian and putting Alonso in I just feel like I want at 7.0 I want Alonso 7.1 he might be too expensive so it might be a do or die right now of Alonso which is really really kind of depressing almost because I'm looking at a minus four for that I mean on goal scoring defenders then I mean Eric Bailly who we spoke about yeah. pre-season as never scoring a goal, of course, went on to score uh, against Swansea in the 4-0 victory for Manchester United. And uh, yeah, I mean, we saw people with Bailly doing really well this week, didn't we, Nick? Eric Bailly and, of course, you know, like it was Higazi, game week one, who got 15 points. Higazi, exactly. who's never ever scored in his career. Now, I it's, know. now it's Bailly, who never scores, <laughs> getting the points. And, I know. You, know, I mean, you just can't win. Exactly. exactly. People, people can castigate us for like not, not kind of bringing up these guys but at the end of the day I mean if if the past record has shown they haven't scored then, then what can we do we can't recommend they're gonna we should you should play them because by the law of averages they're gonna score it. I mean in that United game before the 80th minute it was looking very dicey wasn't it for us Kaku captainers I mean well yeah of course because it's the early captain as well so if, if Kaku blanked we'd have just spent the majority of the weekend absolutely miserable especially considering how much of a write off the 3 o'clock games were but you oh, know, no. Man, U, Man U delivered yet again with another 4-0 victory they did, they did. so uh, I don't know we both only have Kaku but have you made a chance you've made an early chance yeah, right? yeah, you yeah I did um, I got Paul Pogba in for Salah on Saturday night because he was going to rise from uh, 8.0 to 8.1 and I didn't like the idea of having 0.9 in my bank account because I thought that that would um, you know, snooker anyone with transfers. But, I mean, Pogba, it could have all gone so wrong. He got caution, was looking a bit aggressive, and then suddenly he pulls out you know, what one goal and two assists out, out of nowhere. I mean, he... He and Mickey are both kind of the key guys at the moment, aren't they? There's a lot of people looking at. People are wondering which one to get in. I mean, Pogba's now 8.1. Mickey rose last night to 8.2. Um, I mean, it, it's yeah, really close, it's, isn't it's it? It's tough because I do want one of them as well. I don't have any Man U midfield. I'm thinking about captain Lukaku as cover perhaps in the next game. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to make a move and bring one of them in because I want to give um, Salah another chance, perhaps. Yeah. And maybe yeah. even KDB could go, but it's just Bournemouth, isn't it? You've got to give him one yeah, more chance. Yeah, I think so. I think it's valid, I think, to have Salah as well. I mean, but I mean, between Mickey and Pogba, you've got Mickey who's doing the assisting, four mm-hmm. chances created, two assists once more. And um, Pogba, the man in the box, he had five touches in the box versus uh, Mickey zero. And he looks to the kind of the goal scoring force, I guess. And 250,000 managers by now have transferred him in, Nick. I mean, Pogba just looks like the huge early bandwagon we were expecting from one of these big kind of uh, assets. Well, definitely, because, I mean, last season, everyone was a bit disappointed with Pogba. I know it was his first season properly in the Premier League, but he only ended up with five goals scored and four assists, which isn't really to be expected. And uh, I think, you know, you talked about in the importance of choice, about how all the premium assets, um, the cheaper assets from last season all rose a lot in price. Well, Pogba and Mkhitaryan, they both had, you know, pretty poor opening season so they were very kindly priced at 8.0 I mean I think uh, Mkhitaryan only scored four goals and got one assist so he's already got four times the assist this season <laughs> that he got all all of last season in the Premier League so those guys are only 8.0 so it's no wonder that so many people are drafting them in well, I mean, they've po- got 8.1 8.2 now but yeah. it's no wonder that so many people are drafting them in and I've, I've got to look at them but they're still cheap enough that I have some flex with uh, my more expensive midfielders Salah and KDB I don't need to worry too much about transferring one of them out and bringing one in maybe this week but if if they both deliver against Leicester I have to make some serious thoughts about um, the transfer I mean the international break is obviously next Um, but yeah I think so I think if you are going to hold out and we will speak about that what you're going to do later but if you are going to hold out this is probably the last chance I guess you're kind of you're going to captain Lukaku, you said, right? So I will captain Lukaku. Yes, yeah, so you were hoping that kind of Leicester do come off that 2-0 victory over Brighton, go to Man United, feeling full of confidence and maybe allow Kaku a couple of goals but <laughs> shut down yeah, everybody hopefully, else. Hopefully, um, you know, Mourinho gives uh, Lingard a chance and Lingard comes on and brings an assist <laughs> for uh, Lukaku and... Uh, 
Mkhitaryan is, uh, you know, anonymous. That's what yeah, I'm hoping for, yeah. anyway. I mean, the Mkhitaryan obviously has risen 0.2 now. The other man to rise by 0.2 is Hagazi. Um, I don't think anyone would have guessed that one <laughs> before game week one. I mean, that 1-0 game, uh, West Brom, Burnley. West Brom again, 32% possession, 29% last week. They yet again sat back, just said, right, Burnley, you have the ball. We'll get our we'll get our goal eventually. How Robson Carney became the fourth man ever to score and get sent off after being subbed on. That's brilliant. Yeah, it was a bit of a strange one with um, How Robson Carney coming off the bench, scoring, and then getting red carded. <laughs> yeah. And it ended. It meant that all the defenders ended up um, hoovering up the bonus points. Um, exactly. You know, we'll come on to Neon Watch a bit later. I but know, he but he got nine. Higazi got eight. And my man Dawson got. Uh, got seven I mean before that game I saw it was his 150th game for the club and I was hoping that would be lead lead to a goal that's the sort of thing you kind of hear the commentator match today going oh it's the 150th game for the for the club and he scored and I was just hoping all the way through that he'd be the one to get the breakthrough but I mean Dawson looks solid at the moment but he mm-hmm. doesn't look like he's the goal scoring threat of last not year not at the moment but he might come up with some goals you never know West Brom defenders love to get forward and score so I'm sure he will score soon I obviously had a um, in that game he got another clean sheet a lot of people are saying oh don't invest in West Brom's defence because they had an appalling pre-season but I don't think you can really read too much into pre-season results no no I think we were both kind of delicately making that point early on like in pre-season that you can't read too much into this and when it comes to game time I think Pulis especially is one of those managers who just kind of looks at things in terms of does this mean anything yes or no if it doesn't mean anything like pre-season he'll just play his players for fitness reasons if it's the actual games we've seen they're ruthless they'll get the goal sit back and just hold out for the points and the other man you had in that game Nick you still yeah. had J-Rod <laughs> I still had J-Rod and you know he didn't do anything again unfortunately I mean he got forward he, he's already fallen as well he's now down to 5.9 so that creates some issues in terms of transferring out because I mean who, who can I bring in for 5.9 there's, there's Dominic Calvert-Lewin at 5.0 perhaps so he's, he's looking like a bit of a weight on my team but he still he still had three shots on target which is only um, this season which one less than Kane the same as Firmino so yeah, with yeah. Stoke up next can I keep the faith? Maybe I will keep him. You know, really? for another, for another <laughs> game week. I'm not going to trans transfer him out. But but another J Rod delivered in the uh, in the Stoke game, and this is um, a new signing for Stoke. Uh, Hesse Rodriguez, like DJ Hesse. Is <laughs> DJ Hesse. Yeah, I mean he uh, he's the sort of guy who there's going to be a lot of kind of hot fuss about, isn't isn't he? I mean uh, he had a shot every 24 minutes um, in that game. Played 70 minutes, 10 points. Um, Looked absolutely knackered after 70 minutes. It sounds like um, that he didn't have much of a pre-season for PSG because he was ruled out because he was too busy being a reggae DJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the other side of it, of course, I mean, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan and that was absolutely... We just didn't, so, didn't, so I didn't actually watch the game. What happened in that one? We, so, we just didn't look like we had that many ideas, to be honest. I mean, taking Lacazette off to put Walcott on because Walcott can cross it to Giroud. Walcott can't cross it to anybody. I'm sure his crosses are still making their way up the Thames right now from where he kicked them in Stoke. Um, I'm, I'm not happy with it. And you've got Kolasinac playing centre-back. Which for is, reasons unknown, Tom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for reasons unknown, playing centre-back. And yeah, I know like Koscielny's out, but at the same time, I just, I just, I don't know, we, we were devoid of ideas a lot. I mean, your man, Aaron Ramsey, he blanked. No, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with Ramsey after bringing him in, especially when like other options. I could have taken a hit perhaps and brought Mkhitaryan and Pogba in. But I know. I chose not. I chose to play it safe by doing a straight swap, and it just it bombed. Unfortunately, yeah, he, he looked pretty freshening. I'm going to say, oh, it, it just didn't look very good from an Arsenal fan's point of view. Don't like losing to Stoke either, and just got to hope it improves. I hope next week Collar is playing uh, left wing back against. Well, Liverpool. well, he might do because Koscielny's back, M- um, Mustafi's fit now as well. So you got Holding and Monreal. So probably be what you know, three of those yeah. in centre back, I mean, and then. It depends, though. Kolasinac could not play at all. He might just choose to play um, Oxlade and Bellerin instead. Oh, Oxlade is annoying. He's, he's annoying me a lot because at the end of the day, he's a good player, but he's not a left wing back. I mean, Wenger, just play players in their best positions. I don't understand why this is difficult. I think the Arsenal formation is just very confusing at the moment. When yeah. Giroud comes on, no one knows. No one seems to know where they're playing. Well, it's just that very was confused. The, well, that was the thing. Even when Lacazette was off, there was no idea what was going on. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I mean, there's a lot of there's so much dead wood there. There's so many players that we're relying on who just 
aren't particularly good are backs to the wall are getting us out of situations with no determination in football manager speak and it, it, it is really depressing I, I just hope I mean I might get rid of Colasinac just to get rid of any FPL Arsenal connection to be honest so you can bring Alonso in Yes, yes. Just, just to copy you, like Mark Mully. <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> on to uh, on to other things then, Nick. And uh, Huddersfield Newcastle was notable uh, for for uh, my goalkeeper Elliot conceding after you said could be on for a clean sheet here, Tom. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a bit of a boring game. Aaron Moy, though, he delivered the goods again, didn't he? Only five point five midfielder. He looks like he's good value for money. Yeah, if you're looking for an option at that sort of price range. I know a lot of people that had James Ward. Prowse so there's a lot of straight swaps going in for Ward Prowse to Moy other yeah. people are downgrading their 7.0 yeah, midfielders yeah. P- people who are too slow on Zahara are taking him out for Moy now mm-hmm. I mean, 100,000 new owners Moy got the thing is with Moy I mean he he had two shots and then obviously one was an absolutely sumptuous finish but he was so deep and a lot of the times he wasn't in the box at all and I wonder with Moy whether now managers know that that's in his locker a long, a long shot but is, is the goalkeeper going to be ready for it more? It looked like Elliot wasn't quite ready for the long shot as well. I mean, it was a great strike. But at the same time, I think the positioning could, could be better. And I think more you're looking, for, looking at assists more than goals. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, are you concerned about your goalkeeper situation though, Tom, as well? Because you've now got two 4.0s. <laughs> um, yeah. There's rumours in the press about Benitez buying a new goalkeeper as well. So you might end up with a situation where none of your goalkeepers are playing and you might have to take a hit to bring in someone at 4.5 like Foster or um, probably not Joe Hart now after no, the poor no. start I don't know who I'll bring in but at the same time yeah I think it's definitely an issue it's something that I'm keeping an eye on um, for now I'm happy to play Elliot but as soon as Newcastle sign a new keeper I think it's going to be on my mind to get rid <laughs> and yeah. try but you, you know I mean, your goalkeeper needs a tranquilise perhaps <laughs> yeah exactly you, uh, you can read my mind I suppose and uh, uh, moving on to I guess another fairly kind of dull match Bournemouth Watford Ricarlison looked great a shot every 15 minutes that guy a shot every 13 minutes in the last game whereas my man Ryan Fraser has done nothing so with 1.0 in the bank Salah out um, Pogba in I might be bringing in for Carlison taking a little punt on him uh, why not enough, Marco yeah. Silva I mean, Brighton next I, I can see I'm that I'm sure if you bring in Ricardison, everything will be alright <laughs> yeah maybe I mean do you have uh, Ake are you happy with that I mean well, Bournemouth have been absolutely terrible I am a bit worried actually next week because uh, Bournemouth have Manchester City, I'm looking to um, change my formation. So oh, really? rather than go for the 4 3 3, I'm going to go for a 3 4 3 and bring in uh, Tom Carroll. He's going to be starring in my team. <laughs> They've got Crystal Palace. He obviously has done nothing so far this season, but I think it's, it's time to take off the chains and bring him out. Yeah, leave the bourbon on the shelf and go for it, I suppose. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm tempted to. Play Tom Carroll, bench Fraser, get rid of Willian, put in uh, Ricarlison and then put in Alonso. I'm not entirely sure yet, but I mean, that, that sounds kind of vaguely vaguely relevant. I mean, we did say at the beginning of the season that Tom Carroll looked like he could be assisting. The thing is, is they've got Siggy out. No one really of no in Roque Mensa and all these kinds of guys. Tammy Abraham. But they've got no kind of the Premier League quality. I think they're going to have to buy a couple of players in this um, transfer window before yeah. it closes. It's essential. Now they've got the Siggy money as well from Everton. Exactly. They've got some money to spend. Exactly. I heard um, Wilfred Boney might be going back, perhaps. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the, uh, Speculation. Another, another one that you know left to go to City, rotted at City, and then career went off <laughs> off track with Scott well, Sinclair was at, syndrome he was at Stoke last season he did absolutely nothing yeah, so you know terrible, he might be, might be priced quite kindly um, you know maybe 6.5 maybe I mean speaking of players who did terribly at points last season Gabby Adini scored a goal for me I, I was shocked I was quite shocked as well I couldn't <laughs> believe it I was like shocked. wow where did that one come from I think that's probably the only bit of good news you had all game week really. yeah it was it really 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 was I mean but that was quickly countered by a Chikorito brace, and a couple of my my min league rivals have Chikorito. Uh, I was just, I was, I was just like, oh. And of course, you got Bertrand as well. So Bertrand only got one point. I just know. the Southampton defence um, was a bit of a nightmare. I was a bit annoyed because I had Stevens. I should have probably picked. Well, I originally had Cedric. He's doing. He's been doing quite well. He's had four shots, three on target so far this season. Yoshida, you know, he got the assist. 
He's been on free kicks. So he's looking quite good as well. But the, the man I've unfortunately got is Jack Stevens. And then right. Jack Stevens is a, just a one shot. And with um, Wesley Holt joining from Lazio, it may be the um, young Stevens who unfortunately is going to lose his place in the team. So I'm, a, I'm slightly concerned. Yeah, I, mean, I think Southampton fans on Twitter have said that it might be Yoshi who's the man who loses the spot. Well, I can't see it though. I feel like if Yoshi's been given free kick duties and he, he seems to be stepping up as a, a leader on the pitch as well, it's surely going to be Stevens that loses his place. But we'll have to see. We don't know what yeah, Pellegrino exactly. thinks. So. Oh, there, there'll be some bedding in time. It's, it's a shame about Bertrand. I mean, he did look like he was threatening. Um, from the highlights, but at the same time, you got. I've got. I need some end products from him for five point five. Otherwise, he's a he's a risk when I eventually do get around to wild carding. Well, I know that a few people have like double Southampton defence and also triple Southampton defence. There's a couple out there, yeah. and they're starting to get concerned about their Southampton defenders. I think tripling up's a bit extreme, but they've still <laughs> yeah. got they've got Huddersfield next. They've then got um, Watford. And then they've even got Crystal Palace. So it's still got a quite a nice fixture run. I'm, I'm personally concerned because I'm worried that Hope's going to come in and Stevens is going to lose his place. But otherwise, I'd say hang on to your Southampton de- defenders for now. Yeah, I mean, I, I got um, Bertrand in because because he was a win-back. I mean, Cedric looks like he's nailed there. I mean, as an awkward segue into wing-backs, um, last night, Carl Walker, who... Uh, I said last week looked quite good. Mm. <laughs> Got himself sent off thanks to some fantastic uh, some well, acting by Dominic Calvert-Lewin. <laughs> yeah, I felt sorry for Kyle Walker. A few people saying on Twitter that Manchester City should have just bought Kyle Walker-Peters instead. <laughs> I mean, he'd have been a lot cheaper. But I think um, the main talking point from that game was uh, was KDB and just just how disappointing he was. It, I was yeah. watching the game and I was just like, "Get forward, man! Get forward!" I just couldn't believe like his positioning. I know they were like down a man for a lot of the game, but still, like even when he was ten versus ten, you could see David Silva spending a lot of time in the box. Fernandino was spending a lot of time in the box, but KDB was kind of like lurking in the back, virtually playing alongside yeah, I mean, Vincent Company. I mean, his shot, the only shots he took were from outside the box. He was playing at the end. He was basically playing some defensive midfield, wasn't he? I mean, again, with Guardiola, if I was a Man City fan, I had maybe have the same grievances as, as I do with Arsenal because at the end of the day, Kevin De Bruyne should be playing in that uh, mm-hmm. you know, offensive role trying to set goals up. I think it was um, a disappointing game for all uh, Manchester <laughs> yeah. City player owners. I mean, very few had Sterling. He, I mean, Jesus got subbed off half-time. Yeah, St- Sterling doesn't look a thing like Jesus, does he? No, so, he doesn't. I and mean, the thing is with Jesus as well, like, <laughs> we had so many people on Twitter just say, oh my God, like, Twitter went absolutely mad. And I, I don't know what you do as a Jesus owner. I think you do keep him. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people have said to him last season was a complete flash in the pan. He might not be breaking. And Aguero looked very threatening. He was the man who was being fouled a lot. And obviously the man who snipped him was sent off for fouling. Where he was doing a lot of diving as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, was. Like, this is, there's not that much of dramatics going on I so think with far. Jesus coming off at half-time, it's clear that um, Pep prefers Kun now. Kun seems to be the first choice with Jesus, perhaps the second choice. But it's this tough form of next... I feel like it's last chance saloon for KDB. I'm going to yeah. give him one more chance. But if he, if he bombs against um, Bournemouth, then he, I think he's straight yeah, up. It's, it's the early game, isn't it, Bournemouth? Um, well, I can see why people are selling him. I think it's about 80,000 sales. It must be 100,000 sales by now, KDB. Mm-hmm. For 10.0, he needs to be doing more than he is. Um, exactly, especially with a plethora of options. You've got the Spurs man. Obviously, Ericsson's been doing quite well. Yeah, another assist this weekend um, with Ericsson. And he is outperforming KDB a little bit at the moment. I mean, KDB was actually on a bonus, which just shows, I and mean, we'll talk about Neon Watch in a bit later on, but how the bonus system is a bit weird. Yeah, and of course Mane scored as well for Liverpool. He did, and that that was a a game which was disappointing for both of us because we'd seen the Crystal Palace game, had Salah, and thought, you know what, this is going to be a destruction uh, with uh, the Huddersfield result last week for Palace. And instead what we saw was, well... Lots of saves for Hennessy. I think got twelve saves. <laughs> well, I think it's clear that Klopp's been, um, you know, training the defence all week, trying to, <laughs> you know, shore up the defence, and the attack's been neglected. I think quite a few people actually captained 
Firmino and they were very disappointed as well. Yeah, but I mean, Firmino, he offers you survival, but at the same time, he's not going to give you that much, I don't think. Um, I mean, Mane again showed the fact that he is basically a bonus repeller, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. No bonus, despite the fact he scored the winning goal, the defenders um, outstripping him. The guy doesn't create chances. The guy doesn't do anything other than score goals. Um, good to have, um, good to get those goals from him, but at the same time, he's not going to get you those extra points, which could mean prizes. <laughs> Exactly, but I mean, with Salah, I, I'm I'm still Mr. Brightside. I think he's he's going to continue to perform. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sell him at this moment. They've got Arsenal next, which is a challenging fixture, but he's going to start. I'm, I think he was just rested because of the uh, the Champions League qualifiers, and he's he's going to get yeah, more no, opportunities. There's, there's another qualifier on when, <laughs> on Wednesday. I mean, yeah, but I feel like he's had his rest now, and he should be back in the team. They can take turns. It might be yeah, I, they might take turns. It might be uh, Mane that gets his rest much to the detriment <laughs> of the people that are transferring him in right now. Yeah. But is, that's the red roulette for you, yeah, like exactly, we said. Exactly. All right, Nick. Let's. Uh, let's take a break and then we'll talk about the features. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and let's start by looking at the anti-meta team, Tom. So the anti-meta team scored 53 points, which, which, which <laughs> beat both of us. us. So, you know, those anti-meta players are, are outperforming our picks. But this was um, partly to do with um, having Mkhitaryan in the team. I mean, he got 10 points. We also had Gabbiadini, who got seven. Woo! Valencia, who got six. Our new transfer in, Martial, came off the bench and also scored. We also had Alan Nyom, and we're going to get onto him in a little bit again. <laughs> he got nine points. Ben Davis, only two points. Sane played, but only got two points. Vinaldum three. Morata blanked, two points. Edison, two. And our captain was a Jamie Vardy, and he blanked, so we only got four for our captain. Yeah. But we actually had Harry Maguire on the bench. He got 15 points. We didn't play him. Home to Brighton. That was madness, Tom. I know, I, know. That I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I mean, we, we should have probably put him in the starting 11, but at the end of the day, you've got to have Alan Yom there. Yeah, I mean, perhaps we should have had um, Okazaki in the team instead of Vardy, <laughs> because Okazaki's been uh, smashing it yeah, now, he's, hasn't he? He scored, scored in the first minute, didn't he? Or something yeah, like that. He's, been yeah. Doing, he's been doing brilliantly. But, I mean, Leicester, uh, we're not really. We didn't really talk about the Leicester Brighton game. We're not really looking at Leicester assets still because their fixture run is actually quite challenging for the next few yeah, games. I think, I think it's like game week nine or something. They they turn it around in Mares two assists. If he's still there and still trying to put himself in the shot window until January, he might be one to look at. Exactly. Yeah, sure. so, so what do we do with Mkhitaryan then, Nick? Do you well, reckon? well, that's the thing because we we got a bit of flack because people said, "Why have you got uh, Mkhitaryan in your team? He's not anti-meta." But when when we picked the team, he was, you know, like, yeah, he was below he was 10%, a, no, he? no one had him in because of his performances last season. But now he's actually at seventeen percent, above seventeen percent. So he might have because we don't have any forced transfers like we did last week with Fabregas. He he looks like he'll be have to be the guy that comes out the team. Yeah, I think so. so um, I think so. And th- what this has shown me, I think, doing this, and we'll keep doing it all year, is that I overthought my team and the anti-mess team, which we put together in what a five-minute WhatsApp conversation. Yeah, he is <laughs> doing <laughs> better. Uh, but Mkhitaryan's risen twice, hasn't he? So we can bank 0.1 as well. Exactly, absolutely brilliant, which and is then- excellent. And who do you think we should draft in then? Any ideas from, you know, an under-the-radar midfielder? I mean, we've just mentioned it. Maybe Riyad Mahrez. I think people are not considering him because he's uh, looking like he might leave. Well, um, tripling up with Leicester—that's that's quite brave. We could we could go for someone like Matty Phillips. What about, maybe? Um, what about my man Michael Antonio? Um, He's—I'm uh, sure he's below ten percent owned. Seven point five. Got an assist this weekend by smashing the ball against the bar. I mean, there's a few out there. We could also plump for Tom Ince. We could do. We could do and hope for the best. I mean, we'll, we'll let you know on Friday uh, what what we do with the anti-meta side, but. It's depressing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so, terrible. So uh, I, I think that that brings us quite nicely on on to Nyom Watch, Nick. And uh, this week it was a, it was a bumper haul for Alan Yom. He started. He had fifty nine touches, twenty eight passes with a massive sixty four percent pass accuracy. He made one cross. It didn't connect. He also made. Eight long balls. One was accurate. He was mentioned in dispatches on WBO website as making a brave block in the 26th minute. But none of that matters because Alan Yom got three bonus points, people. Excellent stuff. <laughs> what a man. Do you know what I'm looking forward to actually next weekend, Tom? What? Um, 
West Brom are playing Stoke at 1.30 on Sunday. So that's, that's going to be live Neon Watch. Live Neon Watch, Nick. I cannot wait. I am going to be watching that game, cheering Alan on. I'm going to be tweeting him saying, go on, Alan, go, Alan, go. We were ecstatic this week with that performance from Alan Neon. But no one spotted him in Primark yet, have they? <laughs> no, which no is one. A bit disappointing. <laughs> no one's seen down down Primark. But if you do see him, see him around. Thank you so much, people who have got in touch with us this week. Hashtag Neon Watch. Let not, us know. not hashtag Nylon Watch, as no, someone said. No, not hashtag Nylon Watch. Hashtag Neon Watch. Thank you very much. Let us know. And I guess that brings us on to, uh, to market forces, Nick. We were in FFS again today, talking about the transfer market, how things are moving. And this week was the week of compound moves. People were basically taking out two players are taking out an expensive forward like Firmino or like Vardy bringing in Chikorito Chikorito has 290,000 new owners well, that's, and he- that's crazy I think <laughs> people selling you know Vardy he scored two in the first opening <laughs> fixture and they're already getting rid I think sometimes people, I know. people are a bit you know Jumping around a little bit exactly, too much. Exactly. Yeah. Chikorito, when you were young, was the guy who at Manchester United was coming off the bench and scoring. Or maybe actually he was only going to soul shot. But at the same time, he's another one that you remember doing that. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, I think he's fifth for the um, minutes per goal in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy got, got a goal every 0.68 games throughout his career. A goal every 140 minutes. And we saw he got two chances to convert them both against Southampton. What a predator. Like, you know, with Mikel Antonio coming back to the team... Lanzini and also Andre Ayew I mean obviously Arnautovic was uh, practicing his WWE moves but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean he could be one to reckon with Newcastle and Huddersfield up next I mean the Hammers could turn it around next one we spoke about already Pogba um, he's got so many new owners I mean the ownership is above 30% now at least um, a huge bandwagon and uh, obviously last night Kevin De Bruyne with the blank means that he's going to get even more new owners isn't it definitely he? and with Carl Walker getting sent off I think a lot of people are thinking okay now it, and bringing in perhaps Alonso because Alonso got the 16 points and it, it's only sort it's, of like 0.5 million difference between the two of them it's incredible I mean, it's, it's about 80,000 new owners now for Alonso maybe more in the last 24 hours and you're looking at um you know, a whole ream of people restructuring their team to get Alonso in and I think that kind of reflects again what you were saying at the start of the season that people are going to be looking at these win-backs and thinking that's better than getting in that mid-range midfield. But the um, the most transferred-in player all season is uh, Higazi. <laughs> He's got more transfers than any other player, which is incredible. I think... Is it over 150,000 now? No, it's over 250,000. Uh, oh, sorry, over 250,000. quarter of a million managers. Wow, that's, that's absolutely brought incredible. In and, and, and they're not thinking, because, you know, Johnny Evans and Gareth McCauley are going to be coming back. But Higazi's played, to be fair, Higazi has played very well for Pulis, you know. So maybe McCauley, is he 37? Is he going to be yesterday's yeah, man? Yeah, exactly. Is, is Higazi the new McCauley? <laughs> I don't exactly. know. And you, see, you see with Carl Walker, as you said, I mean, people are getting rid of Carl Walker. They're maybe upgrading to Alonso. But equally, they could be downgrading to Higazi. And then you've got people with two million in their bank looking around and playing with it. That's, that's pretty crazy. And we're going to see more changes. I mean, you've got Jesse... Um, this week 70 minutes as we said earlier scored one goal 200,000 people have bought him crazy that's incredible and then the opposite side is Ricarlison my man I mean I'm probably going to bring him in um, but shot every 15.1 minutes last couple of matches only 70,000 new new owners I mean it must be about 100,000 now I mean at the time of writing it was 70,000 but because Jesse had scored in the big game against uh, against Arsenal like that's the one people are bearing in mind. I hope Ricarlison's going to be a little Ricarlison. Well, yeah, Ricarlison <laughs> definitely looks like a decent option. Watford have Brighton next at home, which is a you know very tasty fixture. So uh, we we would say like Ricarlison is a great differential pick for next week. If he scores again, then the the bandwagon's probably going to explode. But at this moment. He's kind of like an unsung talent. Yeah, no yeah. He's a he's a twenty year old Brazilian. He looks uh, yeah, exactly. he looks like a little yeah. He looks like a he looks like a force, doesn't he? And I'm hoping that I, he's going to be one that I'm going to get on before he does something again. I mean, Moy, the final guy here, 131,000 plus new owners this this time, and in the 5.5 bracket, lest we forget, Riyad Mahrez, Joshua King, and Wilfred Zaha, as we were saying at the start of the season. 
all emerged from there. Unfortunately, it's not Ryan Fraser, but right, uh, Aaron Moy, 5.6. <laughs> so, you know, the market keeps changing and we're, we're really happy to yeah, yeah, be yeah. able to look at it every week. I mean, it's, and, you know, let, let's do a little bit of psychology corner, Nick. I mean, we last week we talked about mental accounting and bookkeeping. This week it might be really good to talk about impulse buying or what we've both kind of termed perfect cash bias. I mean, you know the scenario. You can make your moves. You've got point nor mm. in the bank if you do that move. It's something I've probably already dropped the ball on, perhaps <laughs> because of the Pogba rises and the J-Rod falls. And, and now I'm in a certain situation where I can't do sort of moves like J-Rod to Chikorito and maybe... Salah to Pogba now because of the price rises when yep. if I'd made the move very early I would have had that option yeah I mean, I mean the contrast is I mean I made the impulse move on uh, Saturday night to do it because I saw that you know I could have 0.9 and 1.0 to be honest the impulse took over and lots of psychological studies have shown that impulse and the uh, reflective mind are kind of two sides of the same coin if that makes sense so in psychology and the concept is basically something that delights the name of the rim system, Nick. <laughs> this is called the... Ref- so, what did you say? The rim system? The rim system, okay. yeah. This is called the reflection impulse model. Uh, impulse is the dominant and powerful force with regard to how you behave. So um, the, the reflective side moderates how you do that. It's the more rational side of you. But impulse is very strong and often by- bypasses your cognitive thoughts and your kind of your reflective thoughts and just makes you act. So think about if you need a wee you're going to go and have a wee. You're not mm-hmm. going to think about it. If you're hungry, you're going to eat. Well, you're making me need to pee now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people balance the two systems differently. Think about So think about people giving up smoking, right? I mean, some people are able to just kind of stop altogether. Other people, if they sort of see someone having a smoke, they'll be taking a drag. And it's the same with FPL managers. You see there's really big differences throughout the community. So you've got some people who are happy to wait, other people who are making changes straight away. And the perfect cash bias that we've kind of created is one of those key examples that causes this impulse to happen. Um, I'm not saying this is wrong and we shouldn't be impulsive. So thinking about the basics like impulse causing you to eat, impulse causing you to pee. Um, it's an e- evolutionary tick designed to keep you alive. But it's still absolutely fascinating to think about how people do this. And I'll write up a little article about this next week. Excellent. That sounds brilliant, Tom. Shall we talk about the wag pick as well? Um, yeah, so, let's do that. Uh, Sarah picked Lacazette, Yeah, she, she? she chose Lacazette because it sounded like a cassette. Okay. <laughs> that, that, uh, so that, that didn't go too well, did it? I mean, it's two points. and uh, uh, Yeah, I think the Wags aren't doing... I think they captain KDB first game week, got three points. Lacazette, second game week, two points. So they're, they're doing worse on their captaincy picks um, than us, which is great news. Yeah, yeah, you overtook so, them um, this week by, uh, by two points. I yeah, think. I mean, yeah, only two points. But next week, um, who are we thinking as possible captain choices? Well, I think and, Lukaku keeps, keeps on going, doesn't he? Um, I have Kane as well, home to Burnley. And the final one, I guess, uh, is going to be Aguero this time. Now, I know that Sarah is probably going to pick Aguero if it was her time, but I think it's Nicholas' turn, isn't it? Yeah, so she'll probably pick Harry Kane. <laughs> okay, all right, great. All right, let's uh, let's take a break, Nick, and then we'll uh, take some questions from the community. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So, uh, community questions are Nick. The first question this week comes from Josh Biggs, and he asks, uh, "What's the advice to those wildcarding?" <laughs> Well, our suggestion would be not to wild cards. I mean, unless your team is dying. Unless your team is like completely trashed. Uh, the thing is, like, a lot of people are thinking about selling the likes of KDB, maybe even Gabriel Jesus um, and uh, Harry Kane. But, you know, Manchester City are for Bournemouth next. K- um, Spurs have Burnley next. So. Do you, can you hold these guys perhaps for one more game week and yeah. then it's the international break and then maybe that would be a possibility for a wild card and you've yeah. got two weeks to kind of mull it over and sort it all out yeah I think game week three is probably the earliest after game week three is the earliest time I'd be advising to wild card I mean if you are wild card now if it is active I'd say make sure you sit down and make a plan for game week six when the fixtures turn exactly and I think you've written a piece about wildcarding game week six which is on our website definitely worth checking out yeah, and then we'll... also also featured in the Plymouth Herald in all places <laughs> yeah so. I know thanks David Monday um, a, a related question from that comes from FPL Virgin who asks how much can we really know about all the players who are scrambling after slash ditching after just two game weeks well that's the thing it's, it's very impulsive like Harry Kane's not done much KDB I mean he's he's been 
diabolical, really, to be honest. But he's, at, I mean, as a player, he's played well. As an FPL asset, he's been very poor. But this is the same guy that got 21 assists or whatever it was last exactly. season. I mean, all so. his players are eventually going to come good. That, they they are going to deliver. Unless there's an absolute disaster, all these players are going to come good eventually. There will be points and things will, will turn around. The link to that. Um, yeah, Chef Dale's asked us who are the core four for the wild card. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not KDB at this point, even though um, I think you would probably want some Man City cover. Um, but I, mean, I think, who, yeah, who, well, we, we'd say Lukaku, if you don't have him, is definitely a core member to get mm-hmm. in. And then perhaps another Manchester United player, either one of Pogba <laughs> or Mikatarian. And then, you know, my personal suggestion would be Alonso, 7.0 defender, very premium. And the last pick, I guess, would be Ericsson. We, we can't really recommend Harry Kane too much as a core four, considering he's got two one-pointers. But Ericsson, he's been a constant source of points for Spurs. He's on most of free kicks and corners. He, uh, he gets the bonus points. He would be our Spurs pick for now. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And then I think this links into a question from on Reddit, the idiot's boss, and also Akaha or Akaja on, on uh, Twitter. Um, Kane versus Kaki for captain this week. Well, that's a tough question, Tom. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm personally going through Lukaku, but that's one of the main reasons is I've only got the one Manchester United player. Oh, I've okay. got um, I've got Kane and Ben Davis already, and Kane hasn't done anything yet this season. He actually um, he never scores in August, as as you told me um, in the prelim pods. So don't captain him, but I captain him in game week one. I can't do it again. Yeah, um, you know, I'm actually tempted to captain Kane. I mean. With Kane, I think this is worth a, a tiny digression. People are saying that he's unlucky. I'm not too sure. I think he's just been a bit poor. We, we've, we've quoted some stats, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, I mean, tw- he's got 28% shot accuracy over the last two games versus Kaku and 38%. He's had so many attempts. A shot per 13 minutes compared to 23 minutes for the Kaku. But like this kind of, the, the August kind of jinx has gotten into his head a bit. Well, he's also hit the woodwork twice. He's had it in the back of the net, but it was offside. He's got Burnley next, and I, I don't know if you guys remember the last season he blanked against Burnley and Hull. So, and that was two prime home fixtures. Yeah, and that in was a row. your man Ericsson, who you just said is worth getting in. Hmm. Was the man who came through? Um, I, I'm going to go Kane this week. I kind of feel like he will eventually turn it round, and hope he will turn it round this week. Hope he'll explode. Hope he'll be the hat trick. Well, of course he's going to deliver a Lukaku blank. It's just inevitable. I'm, I'm always the one that gets seem, seems to be screwed over by the captain. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, we'll I'm see. sure you won't be. I mean, uh, uh, links to Rob as well. So Rob asks, how long do we hold a player of high value without points returns? For example, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I, I don't know about that. I mean, we're saying for this week, hold KDB, hold Kane. Um, beyond that point, I think it's probably not worth holding them. Well, I, I, that's the question. I think if KDB blanks, I'm definitely going to be selling him. Yeah, and, and this kind of links as well to a question from a, our good friend Neil Gupta, who also asked, are we going to be selling Kane <laughs> if he blanks against Burnley? And uh, I think the answer is probably yes if he blanks again. Oh, well... We'll have to see. It's a tough one. This is the idea. I want to roll my transfer, so I've got two free transfers over the international game week. Kane will be playing for England as well, so it'll be interesting to see how he performs for England, what happens, and what you know what goes on. And then if he performs like horrendously for England, he might have to go. If he if he scores a brace, then maybe we'll think okay, he's discovered yeah. his form in September now. Yeah, I just kind of feel like with KDB and Kane, so expensive. Well, it's well one, one of them is definitely going to have to go. If they both don't perform, it's going to be the perfect storm. I'm going to have so much money to spend that I might as well pull the wild card in game week three and then have Ooh. the international break. I, I don't know yet. Well, that's, well, that's, that's a statement, Tom. But a lot, a lot seems to be depending right now on Kane um, being able to perform against Burnley. So Siddharth Upasani also asked us what happens to Higazi when McCauley and Evans return. He's now up to 4.7, so Higazi owners could potentially cash in on 0.1 if you got got him in early. But, like, this is what we talk about. Getting a player in, like, Higazi is a risk because of the rotation possibilities. Fair enough, guys. If you do own him, congratulations. I mean, Marco, our Lottie, our, uh, our web designer, had him in from the very beginning. Got loads of points. Shout out to Marco. Thank you very much for celebrating that. And, uh, but at the same time, I think that, you know, he's going to be threatened. His place will be threatened with McCauley. I mean, you could see him, uh, you know, potentially partnering Evans with 
Dawson moving out to right wing, which would, might sadly mean the end of Alan Neom's time for the starting 11. We'll have so to see about We're Alan. hoping that doesn't happen, mm. but at the end of the day, you know, there yeah, he's go. performed so well. And Craft FPL was also asked us is getting a front three of Manchester United stupid or genius? Well, if you started off the season with Pogba, Mkhitaryan and Lukaku you'd be you'll laughing be, you'll you? be celebrating crazily but you know it's, it's a Mourinho team like can can they continue this level of form they're not going to play West Ham and Swansea every game week are they exactly I mean are, are they just runaways or are they going to be kind of players who are going to be kind of season keepers that we need I mean the thing is with three United as hackers if they do well you're going to look like a genius if they don't do well you're going to look like an absolute failure I reckon, I think three attackers is too much personally. So maybe two. I mean, I got Pogba and uh, Lukaku, so that might be that might be where I go. Like, no, that's Lukaku fair enough. I, I think. I mean, I've only got Lukaku, but if I captain him, it's like having two Manchester United players, and I feel like <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. I've got enough cover in that sense. And yeah, I think. Free, free is too risky, especially considering Manchester United weren't too great last season. I know they've done well so far this season, but attacking-wise, they're pretty poor. Yeah. But the next question, anyway, is from Joseph Alvarez. He says, is Walker a must-trade, even if you take a hit? Um, I think that, you know, with if 6.5 invested in the defender, you're going to want to release those funds, aren't you? It's only going to be one-match ban, I think, for two yellows. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, 6.5 is a lot of money to to be wasting away on the bench and you you want to make a move even if it is for a hit perhaps you can like you know sell sell him get someone in for 5.0 perhaps someone like exactly. Cedric and then exactly you can, like you've you got 1.5 to upgrade later one of your, on your cheaper midfielders to a 8.2 like Pogba or, exactly and as, as we've mentioned as well the international break's coming up so there could be an injury and having that money in the bank could be really useful so Joseph I think what you do probably is remove Walker maybe with someone cheaper or maybe for Alonso if you can afford it and then move on from there well so we've got the Nick well, we've got Liam McGregor from the Guff Veterans Group, and he's asked us, um, does it worry you for the future of football, the fact that youngsters like Rashford, Sane and Calvert-Lewin arrive in first-team football already cynical enough to dive around like scuba instructors in Cos? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it is worrying, to be honest. I mean, the reason I like watching the Premier League compared to watching La Liga or watching Serie A is that the players tend to stay on their feet a lot more, and there's less stoppages. Um, beyond West Brom kicking the ball out of play yeah. there, there are less stoppages and I play, I'm not going to be like old oh, players and men in, in England or anything like that but at the same time you know, it's, it's, it's not as boring because you don't have players falling over for tactical fouls and I don't like it I, I'd much prefer it if they didn't do this and I hope that you know, dives are going to be punished as we've been promised it they're going to be punished it isn't impressive and we saw like Rashford was being booed by the Swansea crowd at, at first I didn't really know the reason why this was happening but someone pointed out on Twitter it was because of his past diving in the penalty box we saw Calvert Lewin fall to the ground when oh, Carl was like <laughs> and then, then Otter Mendy tried to get his revenge and his his face when the referee um, didn't award um, a free kick was just like what? what? But no <laughs> everyone knew that he was just play acting and it's, it's a shame that football is like this but it's, it's all about time wasting getting you know trying to trick the referees yeah and, and I hope that eventually these kind of you know they were saying they were going to cut halves down to 30 minutes I think that's actually not that bad because you get more football because at the end of the day you get the ball kicked out so much I mean West Brom that game the ball was only in play for about 40 it's 50 a, that's minutes that's a controversial statement to make because some people would say that you know goes against the whole nature of football but in the, even in the Everton Manchester City game we saw like Mason Holgate taking about 10 minutes to take a throw in just get on <laughs> with it it was such a boring yeah. game just get on with it and let KDB take some shots yeah, but, yeah, yeah, that didn't it. happen uh, Remy on Twitter asks is City a huge rotation risk with uh, Mendy Sterling who obviously came on and scored uh, Bernardo Silva Danilo who came on and missed a massive chance uh, and Yaya Torre bench yesterday are they rotation risk you well, think I think the answer is yes I mean you, we saw Gabriel Jesus uh, subbed <laughs> yeah. at half time uh, who, who's going to be rotating next hopefully not KDB but I don't know if you saw at the end of the game per uh, Pep was running around like a, a crazy spaceman. <laughs> just, yeah yeah I, I, <laughs> just, uh, um, I, I, I don't know I, with City I mean you've got 
Pep, who has the same issues as, as, as Arsene Wenger, as I said, I think, before. But he doesn't play players in the best positions. You've got Sterling on the right wing back. You've got Sane left wing back, who obviously made the mistake which let Rooney score. Yeah, Bernardo Silva didn't seem very impressive when he came on. He seemed very nervous. Kun was diving around. But, yeah, <laughs> I think this is it's just it's full rotation. Uh, just I, we don't even know who to recommend in this team at the moment. Exactly, they're, they're not exactly. the best team to look at. Well, it's, it's a bit of like Liverpool, isn't it? Like you've got there's just so there's so much rotation that you kind of feel like you know I, I, I just don't know who to say. So I think that's probably where we're going to go with that. So Marco, who we spoke about earlier, um, he asks us what are we going to do about the international break blues. Well, I think for us, it's going to be um, a little break from all the uh, all the pl- all the work we've done on the website and all the podcasts. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have a little break, but it's also the close of the transfer window. So there's going to be um, obviously we're going to be plugging all the PTP articles. There's going to be lots of signings. So we'll, be, we'll be doing yeah. lots of writing and um, talking about all the all the new footballers that come into the Premier League. I think this week we've had uh, Wesley Hoax and we've also had Chris Wood signed for Burnley. So we're going to have an article on Chris Wood up on the website in the next few days so look out for that one and the final question this week comes from John H who asks us uh, did we make the WGTA theme tune to be very catchy and gives us this example of his young son also saying what Nicholas says <laughs> uh, that's very cute I think we've perhaps got a rival <laughs> for, for Nicola for the theme tune there I quite like that. It was a, yeah, it was a brilliant uh, email from John, so yeah, thanks was, for that. Apparently, his, yeah, his, his son's um, obsessed with the Who Got the Assist theme tune, so that, that's awesome, John. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. So we're in the wrap-up now, then, Nick. Thanks very much for all your questions, guys. And each week we'll have like a dedicated community question section. Please give our questions in. We're going to ask kind of every kind of Tuesday or Monday whenever we do the pod. Um, but So um, changes this week, Nick. Somebody told me you're going to go for a free for free and copy me. Is that true? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, I think I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> Tom Carroll's going to come in. I can't play Nathan Acker against Manchester City. It's destined to be a zero-pointer, even <laughs> even though like KDB will obviously do nothing. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, after after all these things I've done last 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 week, I think it's no transfers this week. I'm just gonna try and roll and go for a slight formation change. Oh man, the thing is, we're rolling. I mean, are you human or are you a manager? Like the thing is, I I can't like get to Friday night. I mean, well, well Tom, I've got a soul, but I'm not a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, this week it's just the price I paid. Uh, this week I'm gonna do. Um, I've already done Salata Pogba, as I told you. Probably gonna do Ricardison in. Somehow I'll do it. Either I'll take out Fraser or I'll or I'll do Willian out for for Ricardison and then Kalasinac to Alonso. But I just don't know yet. I'm not too sure which one I'm gonna do. I'll let okay. go on Friday. But I hope that was useful to you guys. We are who got the assist. We are at who got the assist dot com. We are at wgta underscore fpl. Our lead code is 1538-17403, so make sure you join. Yeah, there's over if, 300 people in the league now, um, yeah. which is really cool that That's people brilliant. are listening and getting involved. If you um, enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe as well on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you find the podcast. Yep, and uh, tell your friends about us. Um, lot, every week we've got a theme, and last week it was the Smiths. Well done. Uh, yeah. Padfall, who was the first man to get in, but there are a few people who definitely I saw. Padfall was just super quick at getting I think we had quite a number tell us it was the Smiths and <laughs> caught on to the you know all the, the various lyrics that we were throwing in here and there but but Padfall was on it virtually within an hour of the podcast going live yeah, so. I mean, every week I mean higher and higher we're going to take it down to the wire we're going to make it and that is the end of our podcast this week we'll be back next week for game week freeze wrap up hopefully better than this week but thanks very much guys and we hope this assisted you goodbye it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.